um, as for, uh, we have a very large uh, group here. I'd like to welcome you guys here. Uh, is this a youth group? Like an entire youth group? Awesome. Um, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, we, uh, we're expecting you. We pray for visitors and guests every week. Um, the rest of you, um, we will return to our normal scheduled pastor next Sunday. Tony, be praying for Tony, though. He is on his way home from North Carolina uh, from his vacation that was very much needed. Um, he sounds, on the, at least on the phone, he sounds refreshed, but we'll see next Sunday or even tomorrow how well he's doing. <coughs> so, let's see. Uh, this was uh, just a forewarning. Uh, this is my first time preaching in front of a congregation that the average age is not 15, because I am typical of typically uh, used to, to preaching to the youth, and this is my first time. But as the the church, the youth group that is here is actually outnumbers our members, <laughs> so maybe the average age is still 15. So, anyways, <coughs> all right. So I'd like to just jump right into it. Uh, the power of prayer. Um, we will be spending time in a couple of different places in Scripture tonight to this this morning, and um, I'll also be referencing a lot as well, of course, because Scripture is the utmost importance here, and I want everyone to know that what Tony preaches and what I preach, you know, is going to be from Scripture, and hopefully the Lord will speak through that. <coughs> um, so why don't we pray? I think the question... Why don't we pray is uh, a little confusing to all of us, um, but, and I'm not talking about just praying before dinner or praying with like in a group when all of a sudden the pastor calls on you and says, hey, why don't you pray for the group right now? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our personal prayer time. <clears throat> our personal prayer time is a personal time with Jesus, with the Lord, praying to him and Sometimes it would be a little more meaningful than the typical prayer at the, at the dinner table or uh, the typical prayer in front of your friends, in front of your group. Because sometimes, yeah, sure, you go around the table and you talk about the prayer requests, but how many of you are actually paying attention to what your friends are saying or what your your uh, people around you are actually saying? And then it comes to you say, all right, we'd like you to pray. And then, oh, man, I don't remember anything I said. <laughs> That's why you write it down while they're, while they're praying, while they're talking about it so you can actually just in case you get picked on to pray. <coughs> All right, but so my goal is totally to make you guys a little bit uncomfortable um, because that, I believe that's where God is the strongest and will do the most work is when we are out of our comfort zone and being maybe a little bit insecure, but that's when the Lord will do his best work. <coughs> so why don't we pray? I'm not... <coughs> Again, I'm not talking about the dinner table. Um, I'm not talking about with your friends. I'm not talking. I'm talking about your personal time with the Lord. <coughs> and so, some of us will probably struggle with actually. If I came around and asked every single one of you, how much how how much time do you spend in prayer each week, um, besides the dinner table? I would guess that we would probably say less than five minutes a day. You know, uh, we're supposed to be spending our days, you know, in constant in prayer. But there is supposed to be take a time to set up, set, up, set apart for uh, prayer, specifically longer than maybe five minutes. Um, and I know 
it is uh, depending on the situation, it can be some, some more distracting. So, uh, if you guys could turn to Luke 11, we're going to start off with Luke 11, 1 through 4. And uh, wait for you guys to get there to click there, swipe there, turn there, whichever. All right, so Luke 11, 1 through 4. Meanwhile, a crowd of, uh, that's not Luke 11, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, he was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name, <coughs> be, uh, excuse me. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking now, the letters are read. Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our, forgive us our sins. For we, are, for we ourselves are always forgive everyone in our debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation. So, first I'd like to point out right now that uh, so this, what brought on this what brought on this even this whole conversation is one of his disciples asked him to teach him to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was standing before the Almighty God, Jesus, the creator of the universe, I don't know if my first qu one of my questions would be to teach me how to pray. Um, but nonetheless, we get you know, a really good insight into how the Lord prays. First thing you notice is that uh, Jesus came from a place. You know, Luke was a very, uh, Luke, the writer of this book, he was a very, uh, um, Know, specific person. He was a doctor, so he paid close attention to a lot of details. So it's interesting that he doesn't actually tell you where Jesus came from, but it doesn't say that anybody was with him. So I like to point out that when you go to pray, you should s pray somewhere where you can be alone. First of all, this helps with concentration. It helps with distractions. It really just alleviates all that kind of just stuff that goes on around you. But I don't know, but as for me, even when I'm alone, um, depending on the position of prayer that I take, I have very easily fallen asleep in the middle of prayer. I know plenty of people have. Don't you know, don't and don't even try to tell me that you don't because we're all humans and it's very easy to do so. <coughs> so make sure and then <coughs> So when we're praying, try to be alone and uh this is uh so when you're reading scripture, you also want to make sure that you're checking up on it and re-checking re up on everything you read because, you know, the Bible will always, uh, the Bible will always um, confirm itself. There are no contradictions. So in, you don't have to turn there. In Matthew 6, 6, we have uh, the same, kind of the same conversation, but a little more detailed from Matthew about what Jesus says. <coughs> So in Matthew 6, 6, we have how to give, how to pray, uh, and then Jesus tells the Lord's Prayer, which is also in Luke 11, how to fast. And if you notice all these situations, Jesus is telling us to do it in secret, uh, how to give. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. Uh, how to pray. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. This is, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, that was Matthew 6, 1. How to praise Matthew 6, 5. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. When we're praying, we're not praying to be seen by people. We're praying 
to advance our relationship with the Lord. <coughs> then it goes into the Lord's Prayer, and I'll get back to that in Luke. How to fast whenever you fast. Again, it doesn't say to do it. In se- it, does, it says to do it in secret, not alone, but don't do it to where everybody you're like, oh, man, I'm fasting, and I'm so weak. I haven't eaten in three days, and I'm really hungry, and all these other things, but guess what? No one actually cares that much. <coughs> So that's why you really just need to make sure you're doing it for yourself, for the Lord, for the advancement of your relationship with Jesus. All right, back to Luke 11. So, so we've established that our position, you know, where are we? We're, we are praying alone. We're praying uh, preferably on your knees, somewhere in a position that's kind of uncomfortable, uncomfortable enough for you to pray and not get distracted not fall asleep, make sure that you're, you know, but also you need to have a list of prayers with you while you're praying, because I don't know about you, but me, I get very distracted just in my own head easily, just any thought will just take over any sort of conversation going on with between me and the Lord, and it's like, yeah, and then, oh man, what was I doing yesterday? Did I, did I clock out at work? Did I turn off the iron? Like, I don't even iron my clothes. When was the last time I ironed my clothes? Do I even own an iron? So, yeah. And then you suddenly come to your realization that, oh, man, I'm praying. Lord, what was I talking about? Why am I talking about my iron? But, excuse me. So you don't want to talk about talk to the Lord about your iron unless you need a new iron and you need, you know, that was kind of fun. But. So we have, you have your position, you have the place, um, and all right, so now let's talk about what Jesus actually tells um, the disciple how to pray. Um, so Father, I would like to start off with what, how Jesus actually talks to God. You know, Jesus, he's God's son, but he calls him Father. Now, I don't know. Like, we don't necessarily like call our parents father and mother as a uh, term of endearment. Usually it's not a term of endearment, like your father, like wait till your father gets home kind of situation. But um, this in this situation, Jesus is t- said, uses the word Abba, and Abba is in a term of endearment for God, for the father. It says daddy or, you know, whatever your term of endearment for that you use to refer to your dad. So daddy, dad, papa. I Recently here, I've been calling my dad pop. Not really sure why, just kind of started happening one day and kind of stuck with it. But so in your prayers, you know, refer to Jesus, refer to God as your Father, as your like your. And I know it's hard because not all of us have a loving Father in our our, our earthly lives. But I want you to, to try and give God a chance because He is the perfect Father. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We read that in Scripture. <coughs> Let's see. All right. So, and the reason the uh, the re- but I'm not really sure why. Okay. But because one of the uh, because of that, it is a term I use for God. God does not want us to feel far away. He wants us to feel safe, like we are His children, and can 
literally ask him anything. So a child, when you think of a child asking a question, it's usually endless, right? Constant, constant, constant asking. I'll get to that in a minute. But <coughs> so what is the, uh, the same time we have to acknowledge is his lordship. Jesus says, your name honored as holy. That, to me, demands the utmost respect. Um, yes, he is our father. Yes, he is our Abba God. But he is also God of the universe. And if we don't acknowledge that while we're praying, you know, why are we even praying? You know, if he's not the ultimate, if he's not, if he's not God, he's not the creator of the universe, and then there's no reason to even pray to him. So we have two kind of situations here. We have to uh, come to him as children, but we also acknowledge and be humble enough to admit that, yes, we are his children, and we <coughs> he loves us with no limits, but he is God, and that alone demands a certain amount of humility from us. Next, Jesus says, your kingdom come. This, to me, I don't know about you, but it's pretty straightforward. I think as Christians, we're all looking forward to what? Like what? As Christians, our ultimate, like, yeah, we want to spread the gospel. That's really important. But personally, we are looking forward to what? Christ, we're looking for looking forward to Jesus coming back, looking for the kingdom to come back. <coughs> so right here, you know, this is just us acknowledging that we are looking forward to him coming back. We are looking forward to one day spending our lives with him on earth or in the, on the new earth or in, on the new heaven, in the new heaven. <coughs> and then Jesus goes into our needs. Um, give us our, give us each day our daily bread. Um, I don't, we don't need to worry about, like, in this situation, our daily bread. So, today. Jesus wants you to focus on today. Uh, we don't need to worry about yesterday, because what happened yesterday happened yesterday, and that's it. Like, don't even worry about it anymore, because it's not, you can't change it. So, why even worry about it anymore? Don't even worry about it. <coughs> uh and we don't certainly don't need to worry about tomorrow because we don't have any control about tomorrow either. You know, we don't, uh, God's got it all under control, and so why worry about it? You know, what, what, we got an interview coming up. Well, pray about it. We got, you know, everything you could do, you can pray about it and leave it up to God. And if he wants to take it from you, then he will. And that's another point that we I'll make in a minute. <coughs> all we need today is what we need for today, right? There's really kind of, that's it. You know, God's not going to give us anything more, and he's not going to give us anything less than what we need today. <coughs> One of the big reasons we pray is so we don't have to worry. We let God do the worrying for us. It helps, first of all, it helps uh, to, you know, live a much less stressful life. You know, if you're constantly worrying about what happened yesterday or constantly wor- what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, how do you sleep? <laughs> I don't I know I, I wouldn't be able to sleep worrying about, um, really anything, really. I mean, there's, a, there's so many things in life that you can worry about. It's going to keep you awake at night. It's going to keep you from doing what you need to do. But at the same time, the Lord says, you know, cast all your worries on him, and then that way we can have peace. Um, it helps to, uh, then we ask for forgiveness. All right, so, reading the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. 
forgive the forgiveness part of this prayer is kind of like the cornerstone of our Christian life. You know, like whenever any of us ask the Lord into our hearts, uh, and if any of you have not yet, this is, you know, there are many guests here, and I don't know your guys' lives or hearts, but you know, it, it's something that, you know, don't feel bad about it. You know, it's something you have to be praying about it. And, you know, if you're searching and if you're looking for it, keep going. Don't give up. The Lord will reveal himself to you the way he needs to reveal himself to you and no one else. Anyways. <coughs> um, because without repentance and without forgiveness, our sins, we can't, we, we can't be, there is no salvation. So we need to be forgiven and we need uh, uh, to repent. And that's what these next parts of the verse is. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. So, so Jesus, we're asking, you know, we're asking for forgiveness, but you know, we're also taking a res- taking responsibility in this, in that situation. Also, how many people have been wronged by someone else in here? Like, obviously, all of us have been wronged by somebody in some way, some shape or form. And this goes back to worrying. How how long did you hold on to that for? How long did you let this, you know? And then, what did it do for you? You know, it didn't do anything for you at all. It just brought on a lot of stress and pretty much nothing else, just stress. So forgive others, uh, ask for forgiveness from the Lord, and forgive others. <coughs> and this part for me, this was the, m- the most confusing part about the Lord's Prayer. And bring us not into temptation. Uh, in my head, why would Jesus tell us to ask God not to bring us into temptation? Because God cannot tempt us. He won't tempt us. He'll test us. That's a big difference. But tempting, no. Um, And what I kind of got out of it um, through the study that I had been doing these last couple weeks, um, So Jesus knows God better than any of us, right? So he's also the one telling disciples uh, not to lead, asking God not to lead us into temptation. So this could be part of the prayer for us to be reminded of the temptation all of, all around us. Uh, everywhere you go, there's temptation everywhere. So in my head, when asking God to lead us not into temptation, it's kind of asking him, Lord, please keep me from temptation. Lord, please Guide me away from the temptations that will be around us constantly. You know, it's TV, the phones, you know, it's constant. It, it really doesn't ever go away. And that's why we need to pray for the Lord to keep us from that temptation. <coughs> um, but we all fall. We all fail. And that's where we go back to the forgiveness part of the prayer. See, this is really awesome circle, uh, circle part of this prayer. Like it, it, everything is covered. And he, it's so simple, but it's, you know, for some reason, it's so difficult. <coughs> so when we pray, we have to try to remember what? What do we have to try to remember? We have to re- try to remember uh, where we are. So when you go to pray, you have to be alone. Make sure you're alone. Make sure you know, you're not praying just to impre- impress somebody. Um, our position, being in a position of... Um, just <laughs> uncomfortableness, really. Try, try to be as not so uncomfortable that it's a distraction, but uncomfortable enough to keep you awake, 
keep you focused on why you're praying. <coughs> uh, and get by the position or place we are in and be mindful of what we are praying for, why we are praying. And that is where when we uh, go to James 5.13, what we can pray for. Don't go there just yet. Um, and so we continue reading at Luke 11.5 through 11. And I'll read it. He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is in a journey and has come to me. And I don't know, and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I have already gone to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he wouldn't, I tell you, this is Jesus saying, I'll tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, notice he doesn't say wants, he says needs. And that's something we need to remember when we're praying also. So, <coughs> uh, I don't know about you, but in this, in this parable, Jesus is telling us about a man who apparently doesn't own a watch because it's midnight and is waking up his friend, his neighbor friend, whoever it may be, and he says, I need bread. And I don't know about you guys, but if someone comes and wakes me up at, well, at, with my current um, uh, schedule, it's more like 3 p.m. because I'm on third shift. But <laughs> if someone comes and wakes me up, I don't want to do anything for them. I don't care who it is. Don't want to talk to them. Don't want to see them. But if you're persistent enough, I'll get out of bed probably in, in some sort of rage and say, here it is. It, please leave. And then talk to I'll talk to you later. <coughs> so... And it's interesting because this is the way we should be praying to God. <laughs> uh, persistently. Um, almost to the point of being annoying. And that is super confusing to me. Because I would have never would have expected to be praying to God in a situation where it's like, well, if you keep, at, if you keep knocking, then that's what he's getting at, though. So in... After he's after the parable, he says, So I say to you, ask. So this is uh, 11 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and for the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? <coughs> so, in this situation, the friend was uh, not really wanting to give the bread to his friend, but he did it because out of... And in, in that situation, you know, they don't live like we live now. Like, back then, they they all had to sleep in the same room, so he's got kids and a wife, and they're all in that same room, sleeping and now you got your buddy from next door knocking on the door at midnight saying, hey, I need some bread, waking everybody up, disturbing the peace, and bread is not that important to me. I don't know. Back then it must have been really important. <coughs> um, we see 
And then from 11, to the application to life is kind of 5 through 11. Uh, Jesus does that by giving us a parable and... So we can also go back in Luke 18. I would like you guys to turn to Luke 18, 1. And in this situation, it's actually a very similar situation, but with a woman and a judge who is not a very just judge, but a judge nonetheless. So the parable of the persistent widow. Uh, in this situation, it's actually the same. So this is how we know that this is... Uh, when Jesus repeats himself, it's for a reason. So this is the second time we get a scenario of persistence in prayer. Or, uh, now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, and that's a strong word there, pestering, uh, annoying. Uh, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistence c- coming. So, I mean, I mean, it's pretty straightforward there. You know, uh, this judge is evil. He's not just unjust. But who do we serve? We serve a just, not evil. Actually, the opposite of evil, God, who <coughs> is willing to answer our prayers. But how persistent are we going to pray for anything in our lives? Know, um, and I know earlier I said um, the pr- you know, the prayers that we pray before our food, and then when we're in the group, you know, they're not they're not important. Um, you need to do that, and it's not. Just, I'm not saying don't do it. What I am saying is, uh, even in those situations, you can have more purpose in those prayers. When the people around you are giving you prayer requests, they're doing it for a reason. They're asking for help. (coughs) And we can see that in um, James chapter 5. Verse 13. And this is where I'll stop as far as... (coughs) So verse 13, uh, in in my Bible it's... It's um, titled Effective Prayer. So is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises, which is a form of prayer. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. (coughs) The prayer of faith will save a sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. That's what I was talking about just a second ago. Pray for one another. Uh, In the group circle when everyone's given write down those prayer requests not only so that you can remember them in the prayer when you're praying in front of them but when you go home and you can remember the prayer requests because that is also important um if you can't remember what people are asking you to pray for how are you going to pray for them consistently persistently how is god going to answer any of your prayers if you're not remembering what people are asking you to do it's <coughs> a good question huh but uh the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being, and, w- and as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave, r- <coughs> gave rain to the land, and the land produced fruit. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, and someone 
turns him back. Let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. <coughs> Excuse me. So how powerful is prayer? Uh, well, reading right there, seems like we can actually step in and we're not going to save anybody. But through our prayers and through our consistent um, annoyance, if you if you will, uh, the Lord will, will intervene in someone's life to bring them back to him to make sure that, you know, it says, let a person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Um, we have friends, we have people in our neighborhoods, we have people all around us that are living sinful lives. And it doesn't matter which of those sins are amongst them, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what they're doing, because even us as Christians, you know, we still have sin in our lives. But because of the grace of Jesus, we are forgiven. And that's what the gospel is. Um, and uh, So I'd like to remind us... Um, the Lord will, so, in our persistent prayer, keep knocking, and they, and if uh, no one hears you, knock louder. Um, do something, get in a different position. Keep praying. Um, the Lord will shut it down. If it's not in his will, he's not going to do it. How do you know if it's not in his will? Well, I've got to keep praying. If it doesn't get answered, it's probably not in his will. Um, and we have to be okay with that, because... We're not God. Uh, his ways are greater than our ways. His uh, his thoughts are above our thoughts. And that is in Isaiah. You don't need to turn there. I'm just going to read it because it's very cool to me. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says exactly that. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways this is the lord's declaration so uh why don't we pray i think we don't pray because maybe we don't know how maybe we don't know what we're doing in those moments of solitude that we need uh we don't we don't pray because we don't know what's going on around us we're not paying attention to the people around us we don't pray because reasons you know, I was late, I was too tired. I fell asleep. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have that kind of time in the morning or in the evening to set apart. Well, guess what? You do have that kind of time, because I have that kind of time and I'm very busy. So, uh, if you, and I know it's hard. So this is what this is what I would suggest. You know, this is the kind of application um, to your lives. At first, it's going to be difficult for anybody just starting kind of this prayer journey, uh, you want to systematically imp increase the amount of time you spend praying each day. You know, start off with, I mean, 30 seconds. You know, I'd, I don't know how much prayer you can get in 30 seconds, but if it's, you know, if it's that, if that's what it takes, do it. 30 seconds, I mean, it goes by like that. Um, but then you can go to five minutes, and you go to 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, and then that, and then before you know it, if this becomes a habit, if you make it a habit, it, that hour will be gone just as fast as those 30 seconds. And it's going to be worth it. And you'll see things changing around you. 
Because the reason we don't see God moving in this country anymore is because I believe we're not praying anymore. So there's that. Um, and make and in so people around pay attention to people around us. Uh, pay attention to uh, your family. Make sure you're writing down the thing. Make sure you're writing down the prayer requests that p- people are saying. Make sure you're in a place of solitude so that you can focus on the prayers. Make list is with you and just do it systematically 30 minutes 30 seconds five minutes 10 minutes and you'll see you'll see lives change um but just because like listen you can't and i know this is something that we uh what's going on in our country now is uh oh well you're just praying for him it doesn't mean anything thanks thanks for your thoughts thanks for your prayers uh what and that is discouraging because we live in a country that is quickly falling away from our Christian roots. If it, you know, we're not far behind Europe, and I don't want to get into the statistics or anything. But we, when we pray, we have to understand that it is the absolute most powerful thing you can do for a human being. Um, I know it doesn't seem like it, and a lot of times we're not taught that in a lot of situations um i know i wasn't necessarily taught that growing up that prayer was this ultimate thing that we could do to save someone's life or to just intervene in someone's life but um it is you're praying and it's not a walkie-talkie it's not uh, and to treat it like a walkie-talkie it's not this you know oh lord jesus uh, i have a test tomorrow please Give me the answers to this test. No. When you're praying for, <laughs> if you're praying for the answers to a test, you probably should have studied, right? Yeah? Maybe? Just maybe? Okay. So when we're praying for answers to a test, get what you should be praying is, Lord Jesus, uh, help me remember this information I studied. And that's what I pray when I go into a test, because I study and sometimes I still forget. So do that and but paying attention to what's going on around you is probably the most important because people are begging for help. You just got to just got to see it. So we don't pray because we don't know how. Um, I would I would like to say that I was able to help you understand what prayer is today and maybe uh, get you to. Um, Start praying on a regular basis, uh, but again, I'm not going to go with any of you guys anywhere to follow you around and say, "Hey, you better be praying today." I'm not going to do that. Uh, this is a discipline. You got to be disciplined to do this. So, and it's not going to be easy either because the first your first 30 seconds a day is going to be like, oh, "I don't want to do this," like because I know in my life that's exactly what it is. Because uh, I'm not the strongest prayer either. Um, so as much as I'm preaching to you, I'm also preaching to myself in a situation because I need incredible improvement in my life around prayer. <coughs> so uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for this day. Uh, thank you for this opportunity that I had to speak to a congregation that is actually a majority of people that I don't know. Um, and Lord, that is your will. I mean, that was something that is awesome, and I'm so glad you brought them here. Um, 
the Lord uh, please be with them on their travels. Um, keep them safe. Um, and Lord, be with us in, in our in our prayer time, and be with them in their prayer time, and help them to understand that you know there's a lot there's a lot going on around us besides what's going on with just with us. Uh, there's people that need us and need our prayers and need um, our help. So I pray these things in your awesome and holy name. Amen. <coughs> All right, let us stand together as we close up.